Thank you for taking the time to view this message online. You can connect with us more through our comments section of this video, through our Facebook page, or through our website, nhgj.org. In our message series on Grown Spiritually, we've been looking at what it will take for us to become a spiritual orchard, a planting of the Lord where we are rooted deeply in Jesus in both love and discipleship. Each person growing at their own pace, but continuing, nonetheless, continuing to grow, being pruned back if the fruit of our life in some way diminishes. Now, we've been looking at this from John chapters 13 and 14. Actually, the whole portion of Scripture that we'll be working through in this series is John 13 through 17. And over the past few weeks, already we've addressed these topics from John 13 and 14. First, we looked at this idea of releasing offenses. And it's just this understanding that if we're going to move forward with Jesus, we cannot, there's no way we can grow. We cannot hold on to offenses. We, we have to be people that are learning to forgive and learning to release when offenses come our way. Uh, secondly, we looked at realigning relationships. Now, we, we recognize that in this new family orientation, it's not a religious orientation, it's around family. God is our father and the church is our family. And so in that context, I need to, and you need to, as if you're a follower of Jesus, you need to be reparented by God. Uh, really, it's a whole re-imprinting so that we learn new habits, new mindsets, new attitudes. Uh, really, it's our whole identity uh, needs being changed and our understanding of who we are and who God is. Uh, that all is changed as we're imprinted from heaven above by God as our Father. And the second part of that is that I need to be part of God's family. And that's one of the important things that Scripture teaches is that uh, you and I, as followers of Jesus, are not to forsake uh, the fellowship, that we are supposed to be committed to whenever we're able, whenever it's possible, that we engage in relationship with the body of Christ. Now, what that looks like, uh, it's varied. Uh, sometimes it's in different size groups, uh, you know, we experienced it online and, and many are experiencing it online through this message. Uh, but at some level, we are called to engage. Now, forsaking means that we are making a personal choice to not choose to fellowship. That's what forsaking is. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, we, we are, you know, not able to gather and, and, uh, and, and therefore somehow we're forsaking it. It means we are able and we choose not to. And that's the warning in scripture. So in this realigning of relationships, we value the body of Christ and we actively look for ways to engage in relationships so that the church can be somewhat of a greenhouse of relationship. We can learn to grow and connect with one another in meaningful ways. Well, last week, uh, I presented this idea that some folks are only interested in getting to heaven. Uh, that's their main goal. They want to, they see heaven as a destination point. They want to check the box, say the prayer, and just hope that in the end, uh, they make it to heaven. But, but really, you know, checking the box, saying the prayer, that's a good start. But heaven is life before the face of God. And you don't get to the Father, and we, we don't experience heaven unless we go 
through and with Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way to the Father. No one gets to the Father except through me. And so if you don't stay with Jesus, you don't get heaven and you also don't get abundant life. But staying with Jesus, when we disciple with him and continue with him, then we get both our discipleship and we also get spiritual growth in our life and we also get heaven along with it because we stay with Christ and we end up before the face of God in heaven above. And so in this message, though, we're going to continue this idea in our growth and our spiritual growth, becoming these people, a, a community of Christ followers who are deeply devoted to this idea of growing up in the Lord and growing in spiritual maturity. Now, in this one, we're looking at how Jesus redefines love. And that certainly seems appropriate since this message is being delivered on Valentine's Day, February the 14th. Uh, the interesting thing now, you know, as you talk about uh, giving and receiving, expressing love, is that we want to receive love that are ways in ways that are meaningful to us. And, and that makes sense. Um, so we, we think in terms of love and, and we think of, well, what's meaningful to me as an expression of love? And I, I want to start with that question. What is a meaningful expression of love to you? Because it's unique. Uh, people have different ways that they receive love. If someone wanted to express love to you, what might they do to express love? Think about that for just a moment. Now, different ways that people do this. Uh, maybe receiving love means people give a gift. That When somebody gives you a gift, it feels very special because for one, it just seems thoughtful. Maybe it's the cost or the sacrifice associated. Uh, and so receiving a gift or gift receiving is a way that love uh, is expressed to you. Uh, maybe time. You're a person who receives the gift of time as an expression of love. Uh, possibly shared experience and the planning that goes into that and then just having that memory with an individual or, or uh, individuals, plural, uh, is, is a way that you just feel love has been expressed to you when you have that shared experience. Uh, possibly it's physical presence or even physical touch is a way that uh, somebody could express love to you. It means so much when you get a hug, when somebody just holds your hand, uh, or between a married couple, the, the physical intimacy actually more, uh, more personal in that regard. Or possibly you're one who just loves romance. And so anything that is romantic feels like an expression of love to you. So that could be flowers or dinner or candlelight. Maybe those, it's not so much in the gift giving, it's just the, the planned, thought out, and the romantic expression of love uh, is a meaningful expression of love to you. Well, let me ask the second part of that question that I alluded to is, uh, what is a meaningful way that you like to express love? What's a meaningful way for you to express love? Think about that one for just a moment. Now, for many of us, it's some of the same things. Uh, many of us like to give gifts or express it in time, spending time with individuals that mean a lot to us. Uh, we plan an experience 
uh, whether that's a date or a day trip or uh, just an adventure of some kind. Uh, some of us like to express it through hand-holding or, or being present or touch. Uh, some, and uh, it's meaningful to express love through romantic means. So, et cetera, et cetera. Some of the same ways we like to receive love are the, some, of, some of the many ways that we also like to express it to others. Now, this second question about how do we like to express love, this is really kind of interesting because what is a meaningful way for us to express it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a meaningful way for the person to receive it. Yet our natural tendency is to offer uh, and express what we think is meaningful, what I think is a meaningful expression of love, not knowing for certain if it's meaningful to the recipient. Uh, let me give you a kind of a tongue-in-cheek uh, picture of this. Uh, it might be like if a friend came up to you and handed you a pool cue with a bow on it for Valentine's Day. And this friend says, I hope you like it. <laughs> I remember you talking one time about playing pool, so I got you this pool cue. And I did my research, I found the right wood and the right type of tip, and oh man, this brand is the top brand of pool cues. It really is one of the best, it's, and it's hard to find. It took me two months, I did my research, and, uh, and so it took a while for this to come in. And so, happy Valentine's Day, here's your pool cue. <laughs> now, your response to this gift giver uh, of a pool cue <laughs> might actually be disappointing if you say to this friend, hmm, a pool cue. I appreciate that. Uh, next time I play a game of billiards, I guess I'll try to remember to bring it along. Uh, might be a year or so from now since the last time I played pool was actually three years ago, but, uh, but thank you. <laughs> now, if you receive something like that, it's not as though you don't like it. It's a kind gift. It's a thoughtful gift, but it may not speak love to you. It maybe spoke love as an expression from the other individual because they took all this time and they thought they were giving you a gift that would be meaningful, but maybe to you as the receiver, it didn't feel very loving. <laughs> and so this expression of love by the giver wasn't really received as love by the recipient. Now, it's totally okay to express love in ways that are meaningful to us. I'm not making that point that we shouldn't express love in, that's meaningful to us. And typically, it's usually it's, it's received by the other individual as a loving expression and, and not rejected uh, most of the time. Well, here's the connection. In this message, um, you know, we, we come to John 14. Jesus has already told the disciples he's not going to be with them in the same way they've experienced him over the past two and a half to three years. Uh, things are about to change, and there's going to be this separation between them because he's going to go to the Father. And so he's giving them all of this instruction about how it is that they can continue in discipleship with him, that they can remain and abide with him. And so in this particular portion of scripture, we're going to start at John 14, verse 15, John chapter 14, verse 15. And Jesus tells them how they can express love to him. 
after he's gone, what is it that they can do that will still express, express love to him? And so let's take just a moment, pray, and then we'll turn to John 14, verse 15. Lord, we are so thankful for this portion of Scripture and on this Valentine's Day when we're thinking about love and we're expressing love to people that we care about. Um, we thank you that you give us a very concrete, very clear way that we can express love to you. And, uh, and Lord, we pray that we would not just learn about this, but, but Lord, that we would actually follow through with it that we would show you that we love you in meaningful ways, that we would not just read this scripture and then go out and express love that's meaningful to us, but that we would acknowledge that there is a way that you're showing us that we can express love to you and so that we would follow up and actually do it, not just read about it. So thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, come and teach, come and empower, and bring us uh, forward in our walk and, and acceptance and life in Jesus, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> John 14, verses 15 through 24. Jesus speaking says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the, whole, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Now, one of the things that we have learned over our time together in these times of you know, spend, opening up the word of God is that Anytime we're reading the Bible, we take special note of repeated words or phrases or ideas. And in the section we just read, and maybe you caught it, that there is this reoccurring sentence or idea that's put forth as Jesus is teaching the disciples. Uh, so verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 21, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Verse 24, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. So multiple times in just this brief portion of scripture, Jesus emphasizes that he views love 
as an act of obedience, of keeping his commands, keeping his teaching, holding on to his teaching and commands, uh, doing what he instructs them to do. Now, here's how some people incorrectly view these words of Jesus. And I've heard kind of this uh, bent or view of these te- this particular te- teaching of Jesus. Uh, one, some people view Jesus as insecure or manipulative, uh, kind of saying it this way, you know, if you really loved me, you'd do what I say. <laughs> you know, it's, it's as though Jesus is insecure or he's trying to manipulate the disciples to get them to do something, some type of action. Uh, another incorrect view is that Jesus is controlling. Do what I say uh, or you're not a devoted follower. Toe the line, in other words. You know, he's just over the top, controlling of their life, um, just trying to get them to per- perform in that regard or, or uh, manipulate them in some way. Uh, the, the third incorrect view that sometimes people have is that Jesus is distant and performance-driven. Uh, he's not inviting or loving. And so all of the ways that we talked about before, gift giving, presence, physical touch, all of those, you know, some would incorrectly say, listen, Jesus doesn't care about any of those. He's very distant. All he wants is your performance. So uh, Christians just do what he wants you to do. And that's, that's what love means to Jesus. Now, <clears throat> the reason that none of these characterizations of Jesus's words here in John 14 are correct, the, the reason they miss the mark is because they don't speak to the context in which Jesus is addressing the disciples. Uh, We always say that the context of the scripture that we're reading is of utmost importance for our understanding. And in this moment, uh, Jesus has already stated uh, what this conversation is about. This conversation is about staying with him. It's about ongoing discipleship. It's about his union with the Father, and then his union with the disciples, and the disciples' union with one another. So he's already talking about Jesus, the context of this. It's already speaking in the context of relationship. He to the Father, the Father to him, Jesus to the disciples, the disciples to one another. And and so it's just talking about relationship, and this whole passage is just soaked in this understanding of what it means to be in relationship and remaining with him. Now, secondly, in this context, he's also talking about his upcoming departure, that he's not going to be with them in the same way any longer in the very near future. And so he's giving them instruction. These words are couched in this way of saying, listen, I'm going away and you're going to have many questions about how to continue, what is pleasing to me, how to express love to me what I want from you. And when I'm gone, you're not going to be able to ask these questions in the same way. And so Jesus is presenting them as an expression of love. He says, keep this in mind. Uh, I don't want fire, Jesus would say to the disciples. I don't want fire called down on your enemies. That doesn't express love. Uh, I don't want you to draw a sword out and cut off people's ears, Uh, Peter. Uh, that doesn't express love and devotion to me. Uh, I don't want bold declarations about how you'll never walk away from me. That doesn't express love to me. Uh, And please, I don't want a pool cue. That doesn't express love to me. You get the idea. Uh, Jesus says, if you want to show me love, uh, if you want to be able to say, Lord, I love you, 
then this is what I want you to do. I want you to continue in my commands. Continue in my teaching. Uh, listen to what I've taught you and then follow through on it. Keep telling others and living out this life of discipleship. This, this way you demonstrate love to me. Stay with me. Continue with me. Even when I'm gone, abide with me. Remain with me in this discipling relationship. Obey my commands. Follow my teachings. Say what I say and do what I do. And that expresses love. So Jesus is really expressing this idea. And let me put it on the screen for you. He says, I would just say, love that is meaningful to Jesus is being close enough to him to know what matters to him and then doing those things that are important to him. It's remaining close enough to him to know what matters to him and then doing those things that are important to him. Uh, now, this is not what we call relational or relationship head games. Uh, this is not Jesus, again, being manipulative or telling them to try to figure out what matters. You know, well, if you can figure out what matters to me, then I'll receive it as love. I'll love you back. Um, but he doesn't leave it for us to guess what matters to him. He doesn't leave it for us just to find out what's meaningful to him or, for, to him or what he wants us to do. Instead, he gives us the written word. <laughs> he, we have all of his teaching. We have the scriptures. So we have that with us. And that's such a gift. But also, he goes beyond just giving us impressions or having the Holy Spirit with us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit isn't just whispering what Jesus wants and empowering us to do that. He's actually in us. Verse 23, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, this is the Jesus projecting to the disciples. He's already told them, listen, the Holy Spirit is with you and he will be in you. This is the significant shift. I mean, this is theologically uh, an earthquake that Jesus is talking about. And we see it in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit is present and they understand this theologically, that the Holy Spirit could come and descend and be present around them. This, is a, this carries all the way back to the Old Testament. And so the new uh, followers of Jesus would understand this idea that the Holy Spirit is present around us. What they would not have captured and what would have just been mind-blowing to them is that the Holy Spirit descends upon them as a rushing wind comes into the room in the book of Acts, and then it descends as tongues of fire over each of their heads separate. So we no longer just have this, this cloud by day and pillar of fire by night, a cumulative one pillar. We have individual pillars descending and resting upon the first disciples' heads as the Spirit first is revealed in them. And this is what Jesus is forecasting in this, uh, foretelling in this portion of Scripture. He says, listen, we will come and make our home with him, the one who 
it has union with us, the one who loves us, the one who keeps his word, the Father will love him, and I and the Father will love him, and we will come and make our home with him. And so the Holy Spirit comes and makes our, his home within the follower of Jesus. Now, in light of this type of love, we see that Jesus really refines uh, what we might think of. Is it gift-giving? Uh, that could be expression of it. Is it, you know, uh, uh, expressions of romance? I mean, I mean, sure, there, there could be an element of that. But Jesus really defines it as an outgrowth of relationship of closeness and union. Closeness to Jesus, our, our love relationship with him, which then puts us in union with the Father. And out of that union, that connection of remaining with Christ and abiding in him, then they reciprocate and the Holy Spirit comes and descends and dwells within us. So he defines love in this context that it's not just our efforts, it's not just our works going out to him, so it's not just a controlling Jesus. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with union and oneness and the richness of relationship that connects us to Jesus through Christ, then to the Father, and then through Christ and the Father, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. And it makes this perfect union between us, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So let me describe it this way for you. Our love for Jesus is redefined into radically hearing and then doing God's will through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. This, this is really at the core of what we're talking about as Jesus redefines love. It's if you're with me, then you know what matters to me. You know what, what I'm asking you to do. You know my teachings. You, you know what I, uh, I want you to then uh, say. You, you know what I want you to do as an expression of this love. So it's radically hearing, but it's also radically doing God's will. It's following through with it. But right connected to that, so we don't get ahead of God and just, oh, I know what he wants, and so I go out and I do it. It's I'm listening, I'm following, but then I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to then go and do it. It's a perfect union between Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and us that is a love relationship that says, I'm going to hear him, I'm going to follow him, I'm going to obey him. So this, as we finish up our time together, this is meaningful love to Jesus. This is what it means to be able to love him deeply. Not sacrificial works, not on that, day when we see him face to face, we won't say, Lord, look at all that I did for you. (laughs) Instead, what we want to be able to say is, Lord, I've listened. I've waited. I've waited upon you. I've been with you. I've listened. I've heard what you've wanted. And I've responded through the power of the Holy Spirit. I've responded to what it is that communicates love to you. This is love redefined by Jesus. I've listened, I've heard, and now I've responded to what it is that you're saying and asking of me. As I close out, let me just make this real simple connection to, do you know the same type of love that Jesus calls us to with him? 
uh, works really well for the people that you want to express love to in your life. The people that God has called you to love, here's the things you could practice with them as well. Hey, I want you to know that I'm listening to your best friend, to your roommate, to your children, your parents, your spouse. I'm listening. I want you to know I'm listening. I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm, I'm hearing of what matters to you. In fact, not only am I listening and taking it in, I want you to know I've heard you. I actually have listened so intently that I could repeat back to you what's meaningful to you, what matters, what shows uh, that I care and that I love you. I, I can express that to you. And now I'm responding. I'm not just doing something that I hope shows love to you. I actually am responding out of my listening and then out of hearing you and what's meaningful to you. Now I'm responding to you out of this relationship that we have together and expressing myself in ways that are not just meaningful for me to express to you, but ways for you to receive love. This Valentine's Day, I hope, I pray that you and I would function in that way, that we would certainly receive the love of the Father that he's expressed through Christ, but we would remain with him and we would show Jesus that we love him through these ways that he's expressed are meaningful to him, that we have stayed with him and that we're obeying his words. Pray with me, if you will, as we close our time together. So Lord, we come and we don't have a gift great enough to express our love. We don't have enough time that we can offer you that would be the gift of time. You, you live outside of our own constraints. And so we could never give enough to express that. Uh, shared experiences, <laughs> uh, Lord, you've, you've been through it all. And so uh, what would be meaningful to us may not be meaningful to you. But we thank you that you have led us in a way that tells us what demonstrates love to you. And we just pray now that you would help us to remain, Lord, help us to continue on this discipleship pathway with you, to love you in meaningful ways. And we already know what that is. It's, it's to stay with you and to listen and to do what you've already told us to do in Scripture, Lord, for one. Uh, Lord, that we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers of the word. That we would care for those in need, the marginalized, the poor, the needy, the hungry. Lord, that we would care for the alien or the foreigner among us, those who are outside the mainstream. Uh, Lord, that we would look after the, those who the community around us rejects, uh, the addict, uh, Lord, the prostitute, those who are, uh, Lord, again, just um, looked upon in shame or disgust in the culture at large. But Lord, that we would have eyes to see people as you see them. 
Lord, that we wouldn't look past people, but we would deeply care for them the way that you do. Lord, also what matters to you is our devotion and not sanctimonious or or even just this idea of holier than thou, but yes, holiness, Lord, it matters to you. That sanctification and, and walking with you in purity, it matters to you that we are devout and hungry and pursuing you passionately to know you and that we wouldn't want anything to intrude upon that, that we would be vigilant and decisive about getting sin out of our lives so that we could walk in more perfect union with you and with your spirit that dwells within us. So Lord, you've already told us so much of what matters and above all of that, you've even given us your spirit to convict of sin and to empower to follow. So we thank you for these gifts. Oh, what a beautiful, wonderful savior you are. You have given us such wonderful gifts and drawn us into such deep relationship. So may we abide in what you've given to us and remain with you and know you greater on this Valentine's Day. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You can find more resources for this service at nhgj.org. Email us your prayer requests to prayer at nh4gj.org. If you are a new follower of Jesus, we have a free resource for you called Following Jesus. To receive a copy, send a request to info at nh4gj.org. If you would like to partner with our ministry through giving, you can do that online at nhgj.org giving or by mail to 641 Horizon Drive, Grand Junction, Colorado, 81506. Thank you for being with us and may the Lord bless you.